spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Ambien from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on beginning the 2016 and as of speaking has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on Spoken Label full stop bandcamp.com although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish i am always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable to me to keep the running costs this podcast going and enjoy take care bye-bye spoken hi guys and the end spoken label back in the house we're on zoom again today quite local as well i was debating at one point and meeting up this gentleman in question because he doesn't live far from me but it's a little bit early at lockdown still so I think we'll do a live session at some point in the later in the year or next year, definitely. Because we've got Jack Horner with us today, a.k.a. Liam the Pig Farmer. Now, he's brilliant, Jack. Really, really good performance poet. And we've just been talking off mic before, Jack, weren't we, about your very first poetry reading, which was in yeah. my lot of speak easy. God, that was... God, how, many, how many years ago was that, Jack? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was year four lockdown. I know people know this one. Yeah, you just told me, Jack, that was your first proper night, wasn't it? You did a little yeah. one in York, didn't you, just before? Yeah, I did one with Say Out, just one poem, as we went round as I ran Robin one Sunday afternoon. But apart from that, um, I got a flavour for it, and yours was the first one when I started looking online to where to do open mics to, to test some material, and, and yours came up, and I, and I came down from, yeah. from my house. Brooklyn. I remember it. I remember it well because I remember it well with that one because you sent us a message through on this is we're gonna to to go to your biographical details in a few minutes, but this is a good story. This you sent through a message to us on the Speakeasy inbox on Facebook about half an hour before, and I'd I just arrived and you said I'd just seen it walking through, and I went through with Amanda and said, Amanda, we've got somebody called Jack wanting to read. And then we got to the bar and the barman said, Oh yeah, we've got um, some guy who wanted to read, and you are you introducing yourselves to us and you told me what name you wanted to read under. Then you told me another name half an hour later. Then you told Steve with our MC a third name. So we were completely confused that day. <laughs> well, we didn't, he didn't put I, you I, off, mate. I, th- I think because I go under my nickname all the time, which and, and I've got an official name, and and then my, my social media account was probably under a different name just because I, I just I, I just have the problem with social media of too many people knowing where I am and what I'm doing. Um, there, there was like three names and this was before Leon came up so once I started performing under Leon I had to just shed every other name because people were saying what is your real name what do we call you and it was causing at the time we were on a night out and meeting new people it took longer <laughs> to explain than it did to have a good general conversation with people oh no I remember that well but no it was grateful we really enjoyed you we really enjoyed that set of yours there mate we did 
you've gone from strength to strength, really. I've done just over two years, really, haven't you? So, yeah, now, it's been quite a steep trajectory. God, yeah. Now, obviously, we're hinting at before, obviously. Did he, you're originally from the York area, your family, isn't it? So, yeah, they're all from the North Yorkshire Moors, market towns, and just outside York. And I lived there for the first 17 years of my life. Yeah, now it's, you've got quite a major story here to answer yourself, and we're not even fast forward and get onto your poetry. <laughs> but I know nowadays, obviously, living up Mosley Way. So, when did you move to Mosley? Uh, the early 2000s. Um, I lived in Sale, funnily enough, for, oh, did you? Oh, did you? for about four years when I first moved to Manchester in 98, 99. That's when I first, when I left the army, funnily enough. I did 10 years in the army and I came over for work and I literally moved to Sale on Washway Road, and I've lived in a Not couple well. of places in Sale before moving up to the um, to the hills where I've lived for the last 17, 18 years now. Yeah, what drew you to Mosley then? Because Mosley, is, is, if anyone knows Manchester, it's not it's a lovely area, and I love the place. Yeah, it's, it's not an area that says I don't think it's that well known actually. Yeah, even back then, there's a bit more now, but there wasn't. It wasn't a place you you go right. I'm going to move there. It's it seems to be a lot more people moving air to the area now. Uh, maybe I was a pioneer in, <laughs> in in moving to a new commuterville. I don't know. But I moved here because I, I had a friend that lived up here and I'd been up here for like the the Whip Walks, the Whip Fridays, the bands. And, and I just loved it because it had that sort of, still had a sort of a, a, a Yorkshire feel to it. Um, a lot of my friends around here won't like that because they're, they're all saying they were born on the Lancastrian side before borders moved. Because <laughs> it's, it's three counties, isn't it? Mosley's built up of three counties and, and I still live in Rufftown, which is the Yorkshire part. And people, I, I just wind that up with people because they know you moved to Manchester and you're living in Lancashire and I was Yorkshire. I, said, I still live in Rufftown, which is the historic county of Yorkshire. So, <laughs> but yeah, oh. um, a mate lived here. I moved up here. You got more bang for your buck on properties. Um, <laughs> Thank uh, you, book one in That's it, uh, and I loved it. I settled in, met loads of mates, and I've never left. I don't think you can leave once you come in. No, you can't. Come in. Uh, you wouldn't know this. One of my best workmates or ex-workmates lives on the back of the co-op near your way. Yeah. So, and I've been up to his flat a couple of times, and every time I go up there, you always see there big fires on the walls up there, and you can see it really clearly. Oh yeah. So if you're putting your electricity on. Oh, that's a show of it. And last time, last time I was up there, all all you could see was like a thick cloud of soot flying up from the moors. See, yeah. good last year before last that wasn't crazy time. Anyway, mate, we're here today to talk about your poetry, really, aren't we? So yeah, we are. Now, now, did my memory correct? Did you? I mean, you. I think you were writing, weren't you, while you were in the army, weren't you? Or was it even before? But it, you seemed to jump a gear, didn't you? After you left the army, I did. Yeah, I'd always had an interest in in musical lyrics because music's been my main passion, not playing, but listening and watching bands and things like that. Um, I'd probably written bits down in the army, but never wrote anything in poetry or story form. And, and it was literally the three, four months before I did the, the speakeasy and, and got it that I started writing in a creative form. And it all came down to a breakdown and being diagnosed with PTSD and anxiety. And, and it all got fed back once I started cognitive behaviour therapy that for years I'd been harbouring a lot of horrible thoughts and trauma from situations in the army from where I lived and worked. And it all came to, um, it all culminated in, in one weekend flashpoint and I had a br proper breakdown, woke up in a horrible place. And, um, and one of the things I started doing was writing down all my thoughts 
and it then came into spoke poetry and spoken word form, uh, I guess. And and that's when I started taking it out and just speaking my thoughts at a few um, open mic nights, yours being the first. Yeah, how have you found... Okay, the best way to put it would be, obviously, Liam the Pig Farmer came along later on, where I'll come on to that in a minute. Yeah. But did you find that over time, has your approach to doing these, all these open mics and readings changed? Um, I think the problem we've had is, we've had a year of lockdown, haven't we? Yeah. Um, I did lots of them, and I approached them with, with them, just because I didn't have material then. I just had writing in a form and I didn't know what was good and what was bad. So it was good just to get anything I'd written out in that four, six minutes you get. Um, and that more or less led up up until just before lockdown. And then as I'd started performing sets and doing stuff with bands or on other nights, I found my approach to open mics had changed a little bit, i.e. that... I'd, I'd recited and had a performance set, but it, it's it's a good place to test and use new writing and get feedback on any diversion or any sort of different way that you want to write and create and test yourself. So I found that, but then we went into lockdown and effectively we're just coming out. So um, I've not been doing the Zoom ones because as much... Because I just don't, I don't get, don't get it. I just don't get the Zoom and I like the social interaction. I like the banter, sat next to someone and having natters and seeing expressions and people walking about and fluttering through pages. And and, and you, you don't get that. I think it's because I like live music that I like listening to live word. And I have the same problem with probably performing on it as I do listening to people on it. So Yeah, no, completely, I've, completely. I've, get you, mate. So I think now we're out of lockdown. I've already started fishing on to see, and I've seen your events change the location. So I'm looking at that and um, looking at a few others. And I want to start getting back out and doing a load more of them because they're great fun. And it's full. They're just creative hubs of just, you just talk to people and, and watching other people and you pick up so many <coughs> good points and um, iron out your bad points, I guess. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. Hey, so I've done, I've done a fair whack on Zoom over the past year, but I've done it for the experience of hearing people in other countries and different areas and more than that I would never meet. So I've got, I've gained a bit from that, but I can get what you mean. It's yeah. it's a different buzz altogether and it's it's not for everybody. I know. You know and, I, and I think because it's in your house and you're on a computer, you find an excuse not to do it um, as opposed to picking your book up getting on a train or getting in the car and tipping up and meeting new people for a social interaction, you, you make more, I made more of a conscious effort then because That's I enjoy the social interaction of going into a cafe or a bar, nattering. And I've met some lovely people along the way and, and I like that. Um, and the speaking is clear is, is, is a product. It's a byproduct of that, but it's the social side of it that I enjoy as much as I do getting up and doing me four to six minutes. No, completely, mate. I agree with you. That's why we were looking at lockdown. Now, the time this podcast goes live, we're just about to be launching and relaunching Speakeasy in July in Cholton. Now, but you're, people, you're dead right of it. It's been a funny 18 months, really, for everybody. Oh, yeah. It's been very, very strange. And it's, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where everybody goes with it. But, yeah. Right, Anil, Jack, I want to ask you about Leo the Pig Farmer. Yeah. Tell us about I know it's, I talked off mic. I know there's a film called that, which I've seen, actually, a while ago. And also, uh, there's a book, a book, I think, as well. 
So what made you go for the anus, Leon the pig farmer? A few reasons, really. First of all, um, when one of it, my, my mate had it as a nickname in the army, a lad called Jason. And um, I first heard him use it, because bear in mind, when you're in the army, it was in the time of a lot of IRA were active in the UK, Germany and other places. And when you were out and about, you never told anyone you're a serviceman and you never told a lot of people your real name, to be honest. So that's probably why I've got a book full of aliases. Um, but it's um, he, 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 I remember him telling someone his name was Leon and that he was a pig farmer. He was a West Country lad and he had the accent and it was quite commensurate and, and, and he, he suited it <laughs> in the early 90s. So he called himself Leon. And, and ever since when we've had that conversation, we've always had a conversation about this third person, like, oh, I was Leon, how's he doing? As if it's his alter ego. And he's gone, oh, yeah, Leon's for you and he's doing all right. And all this, like, that was a really bad West Country accent. I know, it was, it was said as well. <laughs> yeah, was it makes, it makes realized, me sound good. Coming out, I'm thinking, nah, he shouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and, and it was it was initially because he had the name. But when you look into it and about what the film Leon the Pig Farm is about, it's, with if no one knows, it's about uh, two kids that were wrongly separated at birth in a, in a hospital and um, and literally um, it was what the Jewish lad, his family died and he inherited a pig farm, if I get this rightly. So a Jewish lad from London who's brought up in a very affluent family then gets sent, uh, well, to, to Yorkshire where he's, um, he's literally been inherited in a, into a pig farm. So that's where it comes from. And I think that kind of summed up my life to some extent that I was like a fish out of water when I was in the army and, and a couple of other things that um, it, um, a Jewish lad working and bringing up in a pig farm was quite similar to what I did, some of it, some of my army and also in my views and also uh, in, in later professions that I did. So... Yeah, in a roundabout way, that there's that reason as well. And it's about life when you're a duck out of water and you don't fit in and you don't feel certain things are right and you make an effort to put on a face and a queasy S and try and conform to other elements of society. So there's, there's them underlying messages. So Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And um, I can get completely on about that. So it's just like I said, it's, I think everything you find is a journey and stuff like that. And like I said, it's best if you're going to do it, just do it like you said. Do do the way you've done it there, and make just make perfect sense that one straight away. So, did yeah. you find that when you adopted that persona, that um, do you find when you adopted the persona? Did you find that it give you the freedom more of your work than did it like a you could hide yourself on a mask ball? Yeah, it did. And to be bizarre to say, because PTSD that I had, I'd hidden away behind these masks. I then created a new mask. Was quite ironic. But I was literally sat in a cafe in the Northern Quarter. My mate who was a promoter said, oh, I've loved, I've seen some stuff you're doing. Now you've created stuff online. Will you come and support a couple of bands? Yeah. What we're going to put you on the gig poster as? I went, well, Jack Horner. He went, have, have you thought of having something like a stage name? And I went, and then initially I thought of Attila the Stockbroker, who's a brilliant fella and who does music and spoken word. And I thought, oh, that'd be quite good, having something like that. So... Um, I went, Leon the pig farmer. He went, where's that come from? And I just instinctively said it because it had the links to a friend in the army and it had then had links to what I was thinking. And I went, yeah, just put it on as Leon the pig farmer. And then I just suddenly created this beast. 
for want of a better word. <laughs> creative monster. And then a few other promoters put me on under that name. That was coming back up in probably about the September. Uh, and, and I just ran with it then. But it does, going back to what you said, it kind of it gives you a thing to go up on stage. And when you're bearing your heart and soul, because a lot of my stuff is around my PTSD and mental health, or it was initially, it kind of gave me that little cloak just to hide behind. And... Um, this is Lee on the pig farmer telling Jack on a story for want of a better word. Um, so yeah, it, it, it does. And I think it, it gives you that sense just to be someone else. Yeah. I think it does. Like it's people. Character. Same for me really. Cause like it's obviously everyone knows me as Andy N. That isn't yeah. quite my name. Andy yeah. is, but the rest of it's not. Cause it's just, it gives, I need it for the shield, shield sometimes for various reasons. That's why, and it's also I like the minimalism. Your case, like Liam the pig farmer, is such an unusual tag. So, have you had, have you had, have you had people ever call me saying, "Hey, Mister Pig Farmer, I love your stuff." No, I've had people shout me in the street, go through Manchester. Hey, Leon, I saw you the other night. It was great. I'm like, oh, okay, my name's not Leon, but yeah, <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, Leon, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's not my name. My name's Jack. If but then if you really want to know me, the name's on my birth certificate. I'm going to confuse you. So. Yeah, and that and that was the problem I had with the book. It's like, do I put it as Leon the Pig Farm? I thought, no, I'll put it as my name because I'm really proud of it. And it's not about a performance, it's it's about the material. So that's why when I when I did the book, I kept it as Jack Horner because it's it's not about the Leon stuff, which is as soon as you go on stage, get a mic or have a book in front of you. So that was a that was a different decision to make as well. Yeah, it's an interesting one that really did what you've done there, really. Like it's you're blurring the lines really between Leon the pig farmer and Jack Horner there, really, aren't you? Yeah, so I, the book. I, I think they, they they can cross over because clearly I write the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you're the captain. Horner gets his pen out and does the hard graph. Um so yeah, it was a decision that um I made that well, it's me, and these are my words, and the stories about the army. So all the stuff that's in the book is around PTSD and around my mental health journey and recovery journey. So it's only fair that my name went on the book. Um, and there was a little tip of the hat to Leon in there about he's the one that shouts up and spouts up on a stage and swears, whereas there isn't any swearing in the book, I don't think. I think I took most of it out. Ooh, censored yourself. <laughs> I am known to give a few expletives out, so... I've heard um, you. I've heard you. Yeah, to, to punctuate, <laughs> they, they purposely put in grammatically to punctuate, not not to just um, annoy people. But yeah, there is one or two in there because clearly I was very annoyed and very peed off with certain things in my life. So um, I, I did purposely put a few in, but I brilliant. Think I, yeah, I took I a lot of them out of the book because I wanted to make it accessible for people more of all ages and. Um, mental health does not just affect the old adult cantankerous amongst us. Yeah, okay, agree, mate. Now, you were talking about before, obviously, where your journey as a writer has gone. You, say you talked to an original about your PTSD, didn't you? So, yeah. and obviously, you've obviously, as your writing's developed, you've gone to cover other bases as well, really, I'm guessing, as well now, haven't you? Yeah, I, uh, I don't like to think it's political, but I like to think that some of it is very much about social observation and just to raise the question and... and not sit on the fence or, or be, a, be a bit of a judge's advocate, really, and, and go, well, this is going on in the world. Have we thought about this or have we thought about it in that way? So, and you can't help it when you switch your telly on and see what's on the news. So, and, and when I'm out and about, I keep my eyes and ears open and, and I do commentate on what I see. 
So I do it quite jovially, like toilet walls in a pub or what I hear on a tram or on a train and the gossip which goes on and people's point of view. And I kind of put that into some, some word form as well, which I enjoy. Um, and it's, it, 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 it lightens the shade on the stuff which is still a constant in my creative path, which is around my recovery. Because although on the outside and to the general public, it looks like I've healed, you don't just heal 30 years of trauma in two years. So That's possible. possible. It's about, I still get them dark days. I still get those night sweats. I still get them angry periods. And that still comes out of me writing less often than what it used to, but it still does. But I think it's about lightening, the, like I said, lightening the shades, writing something more humorous or poignant or punchy mm. and still writing, even if it's a frustration and an anger, which has healed me a lot to still keep writing and but seeing, flipping it over and seeing the funny side of life. Yeah, no, I get it completely. Now, we're going to change gears here, because I know we're really here today, and we've touched on it, but not directly covered it yet. It's obviously about your debut book. Yeah. Yeah, now, um, talking myself out of trouble. Now, first of all, then, I love the title. Where did the title come from? Just something I, I came, I just made it up. I don't know. It was it was something that, like, when you always say, like, I've said to people, oh, how have you helped? I goes, good, I've had therapy. Basically, I just talked myself out of trouble. Um, I stopped myself going back into dark places. I stopped myself doing silly stuff um, around. I stopped myself having disassociation um, episodes through writing and talking. I've stopped myself getting angry, getting full of anxiety. All these things were troublesome in my life. And I just say, yeah, I just started talking. I just talked myself out of trouble now. Whereas the phrase is people can talk themselves into trouble or you can talk yourself out when it's relating to some something else, like a conflict situation. So it was, it was a constant phrase that I used. And it only made sense that because I was in a dark place up to two years ago, that once I started writing and then I started performing and doing spoken word, the talking seriously helped me get out of life's troubles. So that's, in a nutshell, that is the reason. The, the performing and talking is beyond doubt the best thing that ever happened to me in my recovery through PTSD. I think this sort of bit of poet like that is great self-therapy, certainly, because I started many years ago now when I was on a terrible time when I was younger doing it and it got me through it and then over time I found I went different directions and writing because yeah. obviously I've kept asking I mean it's the right way of doing it that help yourself out and it develops naturally doesn't it it does yeah I've, I've tried not to to do too much like workshop or, or or creative researching because I like to just find my own way and I like making mistakes and and I like playing around with it and just juggling stuff about and I don't like to stick to templates or a theory of how you should do it it's it should be how you want to do it because yeah it has to come from the heart every every single time yeah, really. no one tells someone how to paint the picture so no one should tell you how to verbally write and paint the picture should they so I just kind of follow my own path and where I want to go with it and mess about and if I think of a different angle and how I want to write and present it then I, I kind of do that yeah, no, I'll get you later, No, I agree. I agree with you. So, right, okay, there's a couple of things I want to conclude with in the chat bit. And um, the first one is about your, I presume we call it new music. Anyway, uh, musical or experimental, your work with the dirt. Yeah. Now, tell us about that, because I know there's two, is it two EP singles come out in this project. Where did yeah. this come from? Where did this come from? It came from, well, my 
partner, fiance, wife to be in four weeks is a very good musician. She's upstairs at the moment, funny enough, with headphones on, playing a guitar with an amazing amount of loop pedals, effects pedals, and loop stations. And she's played in bands in Japan. And when I visited over there, she's she's shown me what she does. She's very much into prog rock, psychedelic stuff, and experimental yeah. music. I got it. I got it straight away there. Yeah. <laughs> there are three facets: reverb, psychedelic stuff, prog, or experimental stuff. And she was just up playing and making tunes. And I said, I could put words to that. And this is as lockdown first started and we were just not going out as much. I said, should we put some stuff together? So she went up into the spare room, started creating a few tracks on a recording system in the back bedroom. And then I picked an appropriate poem after listening to how dark, light, upbeat or downbeat it was. Um, and and we, I recorded some words on it. And I said, shall we put it out there, see if anyone likes it? I put it on Bandcamp. And she's like, yeah, OK, then. So we did. Um and we, then she went back to Japan and then ne- next time we're in lockdown, we got offered to do a few gigs, but we couldn't do anything. So uh, she went away, rehearsed the pieces. I kept the words. I've done them as performance pieces on my own. And there's five of them in the book, um, which I've done as like lyric sheets as as the 30 poems that are in there. But it's something we're still doing. With um, She's created a soundscape for me with loads of pictures and imagery. So we still create and collaborate together. I think it's healthy. It's it's good. Um, yeah, it does. does. Does it give you particularly if, you, if you're living with somebody together. that's a, you're living with somebody as a fellow creative and I know it's my partner Amanda, like we've done a couple of tracks together because I do ambient music myself, nothing like what your your super wife does. When I, yeah. when I first heard your EP, it made me think of them. Um, have you heard of the band Milk Bananas? No. Japanese hardcore. Right. Okay. <laughs> with, with, with you I'm on writing this down. Melt yeah. bananas. Melt bananas. Yeah, that, I, I saw them at the ooh, Deaf Institute a couple of years ago. Okay. Where they they did something like sixty seven songs in a forty five minute set. Ah, right. And it was like front of it was um not if not the heaviest gig I've been to. I think mean, that was a Charlie Teenage Riot, but that was probably probably for the second one. You see, I go watch a lot of Japanese bands that like Boningen or Minami Deutsch, and they play four tracks in forty five minutes. Because <laughs> different guitars and keyboards. And so you, you get four songs and it's like, right, okay, that's it, set over. Yeah, uh, so Belt Banana, you get, you get your value of money, six yeah, you get, you in get, 45 yeah. minutes. Bang for your buck again, innit? <laughs> yeah, they made me think of that when I heard it and I thought, I've got to ask you about that. It's great. It was really good, the two, two EPs you've done so far on that. So. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll hopefully get out live and do it at some point. Um, but we, we, we're looking at doing some other stuff, like uh, doing some soundscapes and me putting some imagery together so we can do little film things to tell stories from the book and all that kind of thing. So it's just about enjoying it, isn't it? And opening yeah. up different corridors in your creative path. Because I've been very stifled over the years. And, and now that I've found that you can do whatever you want to do, that... I'm just always on the think, and I think I tire her out by going, shall we do this? Shall we do that? There's nothing half hurt admitting this, but Amanda approached me tonight just before I came in here. She's in the middle of some other big project. When she gets that done, she wants wants to sit down and do a med- wants me to do the music for a meditation CD for her, which she can narrate over the top of Ah, right. And I, I don't know how that's going to be. That's that be an interesting experience for me. So I'm not that musically trained. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. That's why it's that's what you do. Like it's you're pushing boats all the time, and when you're with something like that, it's you don't know where it's going to go next. Sometimes no, you don't. Like, I don't know where she's going next. And sometimes she'll be just banging a fretboard, and the next minute she'll be playing notes or a chord. And and I'm like, let's just see what comes of it. You do what you do, and and I'll see if I can 
lay some words on it and let's see what mood it brings. It's great. I love it. Oh, yeah, no, completely. No, good luck, man. Definitely so. Now, obviously, we're going to get to the couple of things to conclude with on the chat there, mate. Is obviously, you've got gigs coming up, haven't you? I know you've got your launch coming up at the end of May. Yeah, it's this of, weekend yeah. coming. Yeah, fortunately, this won't be out by then. But that said, is tell us about the venue where that's going to be at then, because I want to hear a bit more about it. It's, uh, it's a new place in, in Mosley that's opening up. Uh, it's above a bar called the Gillery. It all used to be a, uh, the Nat West Bank, basically, near the train station. And I, 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 know, I know where that was, but I didn't know where this bar was. That's pretty funny. Yeah, um, literally, when it, when it closed the bank, that downstairs there's a bar now, like a bistro bar, the Gillery, and above it, there was a photography studio, and it's been took over by two lads. Uh, Tommy and James and they've got um, a music recording studio in there they've got a, a photography studio they get it's, it's, it'll become a creative art hub in Mosley and they're the, the renting out spaces in it for they've got their own like record label and they've got their own production stuff going on which comes under now or never records wet lemon productions and it all comes under all bank studios um, so I'm, I'm doing it in there and we're going to live stream it, but it'll, it'll have been done by the time this comes out. But I think I'll be doing a lot more other collaborative stuff with them because they're a couple of really good guys and they've got some good vision to bring art into, into Thameside and Mosley. They're very into charitable stuff. They're very into the mental health journey, both having their own personal journeys and, and they want to give back and they're supporting me with my Emmaus journey because I'm giving some of my money from the book to Emmaus. Now, so, anyone's wonders what Emmaus is, it's a fantastic charity. Oh, it's unbelievable. I love that charity shop. I'll let you tell people Emmaus is very quickly, mate, because you know more, you do more than I do. Yeah, Emmaus started in the UK. It was um, formed by a French guy. It's, it was initially a Christian charity, but it's now this national charity in England. I think there's about 30 stores all over, and they basically take in a lot of second-hand product, and they have... Uh, big charity second-hand superstores. They sell furniture, they sell bric-a-brac, they sell antiques, they sell upcycle stuff, they have a cafe. It's two floors of an Aladdin's cave, and it's been in Mosley for years. I think that we're talking up to 27 years it's been in Mosley now. Um, and they support the community. They give a bed for everybody, and they give everyone a reason to get out of bed. They give them a postcode. And these homeless people then get a trade and they get a job to, to apply and go integrate back into the community after being homeless, um, which hits every button that I want to help with because a lot, the, re, the main reason be mental health, but I think a lot of people do end up on the street through mental health or other personal circumstances. And I think if you can help people rehabilitate or um, get off the streets and get into full-time employment and engage in the communities, then they're doing everything right. So I soon as I knew I was writing the book, I said that once I'd covered everything, a, a proportion of the of the profits were going to go straight to Emmaus and they gladly joined in with me forces. So Andy there um, is, um, and the people down there have uh, gladly jumped on board. And they'll it's a fantastic place. Fantastic place. because the They need it more than me, to be fair. I've been in there a few times, not since before lockdown, last time before lockdown. And I bought, when I moved into the place I'm at now, I bought a fair bit of furniture from there. It's quality yeah, material. It's a great place for that. Um, yeah. It's weird. I use it like a rental. I, I'll, I'll just take DVDs or music. I'll listen and listen to them and I'll give them it back so they can flog it to someone else. Or I've bought furniture from there and I've given them it back after a few years because it's brilliant. It's it's just, I just love the place and I love the ethos behind it and I love the community engagement and what they do and, and, and how they help people. It's yeah. brilliant. Same for me as well. Now, 
obviously back to you anyway, because we could praise them all day, and I would, because yeah. I love that place. I love the place massively. Now, obviously, um, you're also involved in a festival coming up in July, aren't you? I am. Um, I, I'm a back seat in that, really, um, because it was it, the, the, the local councillors and a local pre- premises and, and the mayors and the studios above are driving a local arts festival in Mosley to do with very much around folk, acoustic guitars, art clashes and and the spoken word they're very much behind that um, and one of the town councillors is very much into the spoken word so they asked me if i'd get involved yet so i basically cascaded every contact i had to get everybody i know to come and do a set so hopefully the 9th 10th and 11th of july we're going to be having a bit of a get together around the arts like a fringe style thing going on should be, yeah, Should be grateful. Should be grateful. Should be grateful. I know yeah. me and me and Amanda have got a name down for it, so as fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, hopefully. Ahead, mate. But as far as I'm aware, they're speaking to the council. That's still going to go ahead around uh, Emmaus, around the Gillery, around the Old Bank Studios, and not sure who else is involved. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely. It, so it'll Should be, be great. I think I think Thameside, and especially we're living in Mosley. I can only speak for Mosley personally, but I've only been speaking about it today. There is so many creative people in the not the mainstream, but the underground from whether it be spoken worders, musicians, you, ev- nearly everyone you see walks around with a guitar or an instrument on the back. And it, it's, it's a great little place. And it, it, I think it deserves to have a little stamp on the map. Yeah, so, no, I agree. I agree with you, mate. Now to conclude, obviously now people are wondering, first of all, where you can get your book from. Yeah. I know I've seen it listed on Lulu quite clearly. So, so you can easily pick it up on, on Lulu. your recommendation. Yeah, my recommendation. Yeah, I soon, love you. Soon as, I, soon as we got into lockdown, I went right. I'm going to put. I can't go performing. I'm not. I need to do something. So I'm going to put my book. And I remember messaging you, going, "Where do I go? What do I do?" Yeah, you and asked me. You new, asked. Not only am I new to writing and speaking, but I'm getting above my station, and I'm going to start writing a book. <laughs> less than a year into my journey, so I need help. I don't even know I where to start. It. So you you um, mentioned. I remember you mentioning Lulu, and I looked yeah. at it, and it was right up the street. It, it was just. It was good, and I've had a couple of friends on board with me. Um, the, the, the artist Phil Wagstaff and my mate Steve Riley, who does all the digital stuff, because I'd have been lost without him. Because it's yeah, like they've right done a words, good job. I, I type them, but when you do the other other business, it's like nuts. But yeah, it's on Lulu, and it's available through me, and I think it's going out to all other online digital places. But um, I sell them on my website if people contact me and I always have a box of them. I always have a few in my satchel when I'm walking around everywhere. So, yeah, I'll, I'll buy one off you next time I see you, mate. No problem with that one. So <laughs> definitely. So I know um, people who want to hear your website is, I think I've got this right. It's the pigfarmer.art, isn't it? It is. See, look at that. See, I know what I do my research. I do. You did it. And, yeah. yeah. And also, you can also find you on, I've not wrote this, I haven't wrote down. But I know you're on Facebook as well, aren't you? Facebook is at Leon the Pig Farmer. I'm on Instagram as Leon TPF71. And I'm on Twitter as Leon underscore pig. See, busy man. So you're always worth checking out. So brilliant today, Jack. It's been a pleasure this, mate. So let's get on some poetry for you then, mate. So, right. Well, we'll take a quick break, everybody. Let Jack get himself composed and he'll be back in a minute with me. See you in a minute, guys. Spoken Hi guys, okie dokie, straight over to Jack. Go for it, buddy. Hello, I'm Jack Horner, and yeah, I am also known as Leon the Pig Farmer. So there may be the odd swearing, I'll try and keep them out since we recorded. So let's go. These are all from my book, Talking Myself Out of Trouble. The first one is called Parole. 
and um, it, it says what it is on the tin. It's me being given another chance. I was the professor of sin. I was a light-footed tiptoe man. I was the abandonment of all hope, and I flew in reverse. I avoided the rope. You see, I was a life raft, shaky and deflated. I was an ego that was self-created. I was a fifth gear of steam machine. I was a psychologist dampened dream. See, I was great getting in. I was crap getting out. There was twisters, hurricanes, electric clouds. There was rain and sun all in a day. They see there's no pot of gold because my rainbow's grey. But then why do I sit in the unfurnished room? The lights are off and I'm holding balloons. Why did I stand on a rocking chair? They see the blankets discarded and there's a chill in the air. Because I'm the man in the mirror. I am a self-deceiver. I am the destiny creator and I am a self-hater. Yes, I am socially responsive. No, because I'm surging negative. I was master of self-flagellation. I've got convictions for manipulation. I wore a plastic veil to hide the stair. I stood in the hall of a badger's lair. I climbed the trees. I lay in the hay. A schoolboy error. It was the price I paid. I was sentenced to gutters with time served. One in a million. The door is jarred. Tectonic shudders set me free. They let me breathe and made me believe. You see, I'm leaving this Hibernian land. I'm treading in grains of volcanic sand. You know, there's only a space and a comma between man's laughter and man's slaughter. Because I am the whisper man. There is no more catch me if you can. I'm no longer a theatre projectionist. There's no smoke and mirrors or blue mist. Because I can now see your eyes. They're bulging with confusion. Misunderstanding my recent corrosion. My lock is broken. The chains are removed. My storm has passed. You see, they've got nothing to prove. So you go ahead and scream your siren. Flash blue lights you hide behind them. Go blow your whistles. Muster your troops. You see, people look different when speaking the truth. Thank you. That is parole. Brilliant. Great start, mate. Powerful, mate, as always. Thank you. Okay, the next one that I'm going to do is called The Beat Goes On, and it's about panic attacks in the middle of the night, and um, the last lines are literally about me being next army and the post box on Corporation Street that was bombed by the IRA in the mid-90s, and it's a note to that. Shapeshifters lingered on my stairs. They crawled the walls. Now I don't care. Techno filled my darkened room, but now I dance to my own tune. See, there was a silent disco in my head and it thumped and pumped in my dank rank bed. A sugar-coated little dancers, they flipped me over to a new beat master. 28 little ones lying in the bed and roll over, roll over. The demon said, I stamped my feet. I cleared the clouds and you see, I've got no more dreams when I'm dressed in shrouds. Doctors, medics, they suggested more. See, I ain't no pill-popping pharmacy whore. And I want to alight the prescription train and board one soulful, avoid this rain. I cut and paste all my signs. I juggle the jingles in my mind. I changed the reel to suit the suit. I'm going to bring it all back to a brand new juncture. See, I'll show you a circle with a cross. It's a four-track single that explains my loss. A grounding mantra on side B and on side A, you can smell the sleeve. A melancholy tune to hide the tears. I beat the fun drum to please the peers. I sold all anthems belonging to me. Now I'm going to reclaim my identity. So restart my heart with about 120. Staying alive because in life there's plenty. Press my chest, feel the beat. You see, I'm that road rest post boxing corporation street. So you can bomb, you can shoot, you can mortar, you can even spit at me. But I will never, ever admit defeat. Thank you. That is the beat goes on. Fantastic. This next one is called A Monkey Can Fall From A Tree. And this, this is a Japanese proverb and there is a Japanese line in it, which is Sadomoki Kara Ochiru, which I learned from my, my future wife. And it, it literally means 
the monkey can fall from a tree, so anyone can mess up. And it was a message to myself and to anyone else, really, that uh, pick yourself up. If a monkey can fall from a tree, then any of us can mess up in life. So that's kind of what it's about. There's that geezer with a long leather coat, a red paisley bandana covering his throat. He wears a tilted trilby with his eyes so vicious, yea, and he lurks in the corners of my subconscious. He's a waiter to the world of my emotional dysfunction. He serves ready meals to my personal destruction. I accept his twisted malevolent suggestion and I dine on the guilt with a bottle of correction. You see, so when did I let him decide? Did I wait for the bill to restore my pride? His menu reads like an old damaged story with every attempt to remove my life's glory. You see, but this is twilight crazy town. Why should I now pay with my voice and sound? I dig deep and I delve into my nines out of tens and a three-course thought to feelings and to actions and I will win. But I stop and I reflect and I don't collaborate or even reject. I'm intrusive. I ask my thoughts why and I don't contemplate and I'm not listening to lies. So do they serve you? Do they get in the way? Do they deserve you? Can these thoughts stay? But don't be ashamed of what you've done. Be punching proud of what you've become. I'm confronting stories of a tiger and hunter, of mice and honey, and they make me wonder. There's a pauper farmer and a broken son. There's stories of wild horses and what the army just done. I'll fall paper into fighter planes because they're flying fucks to help not blame. I won't let the cash cow grind me down. I'm going to take back this orb and the thornless crown. You see how poor water on your flames of suppression. I'll pour petrol on hopes so they burn with passion. I'm going to restore cracks with glistening gold. They're all unique histories and a story to be told. Because you see the reaper, he's sitting with a rusty blade. He's frowning and cowering because our futures are made. So here is a message I give to you. Because even a monkey falls from a tree. Even my monkey fell from a tree. Even I fell from a tree. So remember, even you could fall from that tree. Thank you. That's um, even a monkey falls from a tree. I, I like the repetition at the end of that one, actually. Mate. That, 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 that's a really powerful piece. Huh? Yeah, it's kind mix. of like a mantra that at the end. that it's And I, I like to get the message to myself as like, yeah, we can all mess up. But at the end of the day, everyone can. It's yeah. no, You can easily definitely agree, agree with you there completely with that one, mate. It's not negative in life. It's just how we pick ourselves up and climb back, I guess. Yeah, I agree completely, mate. So, right, okay. Uh, what do you reckon? Two more? Two more? Okay. Yeah. This one's called Flashback, and I wrote it when I walked up near mine at Saddleworth Moor. And literally, it's a story about I turned around and I was out with a mate photographer, and his lens reflected in my face. And I, I had a PTSD episode where I fell to the floor because I thought it was a, a sight from a sniper rifle, and an helicopter went over my head, and I literally shit myself. So, and then I realized I had problems still, so I needed to just keep working. So it's called Flashback. I'm stranded on a newfound path. It's a short, sharp reminder to the aftermath. The helicopter hovered in Burnt Peat Hills, so I stopped this toxic, traumatic treadmill. The castle and the quarry to the reservoir. This is reminiscent of the Romeos in South Armagh. I drop, I drift to a rancid reflection, and it's time to decide with identity correction. There's smokescreen mirrors and a voice to muzzle. The jigsaw pieces will solve the puzzle. I look straight down, but my boots are now brown and I pivot to a lens and there's no sniper found. I hand rail fences free from wires. No three coloured cloth to fuel the fire. I'm now hands free. I'm not shackled to the metal and the weight on my shoulders is now light as a petal. There's no chimp on my back to make me crack. No smile from a joker to cut the slack. No wait out call from another mum's son and the hills. They don't have eyes. I'm back to the old wooden ones. 
So I escape this portal of travelling in time. There's no contact call that's going to blow my mind. I look to the pike and the pots and pans. There's no need for Winthrop around these farms. I stare to the border of the White Rose lands. No threat or thirst or hate demand. I drop my shoulders and I jump the ditch and I murder the miles and I forget the itch. I'm safe in the thought of the dampened ashes. I command the ground and the Indian's feathers, a skeleton ghost that turned me to stone. It's now given me the key to live and learn. That's the flashback. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Great one. Right, well, as I always say, spoken label now. If I had a trumpet, I could play it. We'll be playing the trumpet now for you to give you the big finale, mate, but I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) And and this one is usually my sweet, sweary, shouty one, but I'm going to keep it tame because we don't know who's going to be listening when it's on. And it's called Devil in My Shoes. So it goes like, my heart is now presented without a black and tortured soul, and I'm instructing Lucifer to go and ride on home. I'll unhinge remove myself from the ebony cross. I'll extract his nails one by one, and my hands are held aloft. So come on then, Diablo, let your dog off the leash. I'm going to stare into its gaping jaws and break its bloody teeth. The black sheep fingers are burned, my hand still placed on a trigger. So you're a darkened silhouette and a lonely standing figure. See, I'm on to you, old Nick. I'm not afraid of this. I'm going to grip you. I'll choke you. I'll silence your snake kiss. I'm going to drag you from my party and vanquish you because this is my life and you think you can extinguish my candle in the night. So there you sit, darkened prince. You think you can shine brighter? Well, I'm the fierce dog now. I'm a battler and I'm a fighter and I will not be imprisoned or suffer in a golden silence. My cemetery gates are ripped open. Yeah, and I'm going to dance without a shyness. So here we are then, Baphomet. You've played your final ace. I'm healing, you're deceiving, and I spit in your face because you can't walk in my shoes. You sink above below the water and see so you're nothing but the lamb that I'm now sending to the slaughter. That's the devil in my shoes. Thank you. Brilliant. Great way of finishing off that, Jack. Brilliant one, mate. So a great session today. I've really enjoyed it. We could put a good catch up, mate, because People won't know, as I said, we, we do talk a bit, don't we? And it's like... We do, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's great. It's been great to actually sit down and have a good, good prolonged chat with someone I call a mate. I call a mate, really. That's why. So, be great, mate. So, right. Well, that's it, guys and girls. So, it's been a pleasure today, Jack. I've really enjoyed it, Thank mate. you very much for having me. And anyone that's tuning in, thank you very much for listening. And, uh, yeah, come and find me sometime. Yeah, come and check him out. It's always with, well worth yeah. it, Jack. Always found approachable. Don't shout it. Don't shout Leon to him when he's walking in Manchester <laughs> Piccadilly. I'll turn around more than my birth name now to Leon. It's become like my second name. So, yeah. Shout <laughs> Leon. <laughs> <laughs> I always find me wearing a bobble hat. I always wear bobble hats. <laughs> Even if it's 30 odd degrees, you still get your bobble hat on, haven't you? Yeah. I've seen you in it on before. <laughs> right, I know. Pleasure, mate. So, hang around. I need to quit you off mic anyway. So, but... As Don Callis says at Impact Wrestling, stay safe and stay over. And we'll Thank see you, you very soon. much, mate. Spoken, mate.